0: Yeah, you know, I'm just a dude from a trailer park trying to figure out the universe. How deep you want to go? How deep you want to go? How deep you want to go? What go. is good, everybody? Welcome to the basement. I hope you're feeling good today. I hope you're feeling fine. Uh, Cause I'm feeling, I'm feeling great. I'm feeling fantastic. I, I just real productive. Really, really really very productive the past, you know, I'm just, I'm strictly talking in the context of a work, a business showing up on time, taking care of all the things that need to be taken care of with nothing notable falling off the plate, you know, sometimes in sales, specifically real estate sales, like shit, shit gets weird, relationships get dicey, you know, tempers flare from time to time. And I'm like with with people buying homes. I mean, it's one, it's an extremely stressful time in people's lives and, and that I can't really prevent that. That's just, that's so is life. That just comes with, with what it is. So outside of that, which is to be expected, like everything's falling in line, like we're making a lot of money. A lot of houses are closing. Ultimately, a lot of people are, are getting their keys uh, and, and overall happily, happily. But you know every now and then there's just there's just situations with people because people are going to people. And, but then there's those people that we like, then that we love. And I had uh, the homie Jeff came through and the homie Seth came through over the weekend and we watched uh, the UFC fights UFC 254. Which I'm I'm gonna go into that for a few minutes. I haven't ever. I don't think I've gotten too much into to fighting and talking about fighting. So and that's not necessarily what Granddad's Basement Podcast is about, but it is something that I love. I've been watching the UFC for a very long time. I just have a, a just an admiration for for fighters what they're willing to put their bodies through and go through at, you know to to be our modern day gladiators. And a lot of times, not for the compensation one would think that they're making, you know, especially in comparison to other professional athletes who aren't putting their bodies to, to such a test in front of, you know, similar sized crowds. Uh, at, you know, at least at the big events, they're, they're coming out, they're, they're doing a lot, a lot of big stuff. They're, the UFC are trailblazers. And their 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 business model and the way that they run and operate their business from the time Zufa took it over, um, I don't know, late '90s until they sold it a couple years ago to uh, to another company and made four point two or three four billion dollars something like that for let's just say four four. Let's, let's say 4.2 my bad i'm off i'm off uh, a couple hundred million my bad 4.2 b- 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 bill, bill, billion dollars uh but their business model i, I think it's it's great as an entrepreneur as a business owner uh the ufc business model i've i've always appreciated it what's just what they've done for sports uh like, like always constantly fighting for the rights of the business to Beyond sports, I guess, for for entrepreneurs, for business to for an entrepreneurial business to operate, you know, and take risks, and ultimately, you know, win. Over all fifty states in the courts, they're abandoned in a lot of states at the very beginning, and uh, I don't know. It was just interesting. I don't want to get into the whole UFC history, but uh, I love, <laughs> I love fights. I love the UFC, and I had Seth and Jeff came over. Jeff's, he's a uh, he's a dude. I see him, you know, most days of the week. We uh, we kick it at work for a few hours. We got a, a mandate scheduled uh, every Thursday and we just sit there and just just bullshit we just appreciate each other's company we've known each other for a couple of years now and you know we're about the same age both a couple of pisces pisces dudes just roaming around trying to figure out uh trying to figure out the universe uh and and uh the universe brought us together to do uh, from time to time do it with each other so so it's pretty cool to uh to begin to know him and uh he comes through and watch the fights every now and then and so he came through last night and then uh Seth uh Seth's been on the podcast before. In fact, Seth from Seth from episode 50, uh maybe you recall, uh, and various other uh vet casts along the way. Uh, but Seth came through and we watched uh the UFC fights and it was it, it was good. I went but yeah, like the card, like the first fight just on the pay-per-view, like you got the the main card and then the undercard. I'm not going to go into the undercard, but the main card from the from the bottom up. Uh, you think like the main event is the top line the head the headliner Khabib UFC 254 uh Nurmagomedov Gaethje so Khabib Nurmagomedov and Justin Gaethje are, are going at it to, uh, I guess unify the the light heavyweight the excuse me the lightweight title all right so that's the that's the scene in, in Abu Dhabi um I, is that United Arab Emirates Saudi Arabia. I don't. Know. I'm not even exactly Not exactly sure where it is. But, but fight island. So, so they're going in. Uh, Justin Gaethje was the interim champ because Khabib was inactive for some amount of time. So they had to, you know, have some type of a champion in the weight division to to represent the UFC as the champion of the weight division because the champion's inactive. Champion came back active, and champion was 28 and 0, uh, and running through everybody. Khabib Nurmagomedov. And she, this is his comeback fight against the interim champ Justin Gaethje, 22 and two going into the fight, and that's that's the scene. But so that's that that's the top of the card. So, but from the bottom up to the top, like the first fight, women's fight, uh, kind of a, an experienced an experienced fighter versus a less experienced fighter, choked her out. Uh, second fight, uh, middleweight bout, uh, this dude Phil Hawes just beat the brakes off this dude, Jacob Malkoon. Uh, never heard of either of them. Phil Hawes, I think this was his UFC debut, comes in dramatic fashion and, and, and just 10 seconds, 18 seconds, uh, knocks this dude out. And the dude was running from him before he even landed a punch. He just stalked him down, knocked him uh, completely unconscious. So, you know, it's been a while since I've seen somebody with some power like that. It was interesting. And then the, the third fight of the night, Uh, Heavyweights, liver shot. Alexander Volkov, big six foot seven Russian cat against Walt Harris. It's just just big six foot five, you know, wide as a barn door. Big, big motherfucker. Uh, Heavyweights going at it. Figures somebody's going to fall. And uh, Alexander Volkov hit him with just like a, a front poking kick to the liver, just rocked him, dropped him, uh, ref jumped in, stopped it, saved him from, from, a, from an ass whooping. And then the, the the co-main event, which this was something I don't understand about the UFC, they got the main event and the co-main event, but not the, that's the fight before, but not every fight before a main event is dubbed a co-main event, okay? So, but main events in the UFC are five-round fights, all title fights and all Main event fights are five-round fights. So when they call certain ones uh, uh, co-main events, I'm not exactly sure why it's not a five-round fight. This one was a three-round fight. But the champion of that division in 185 uh, is Israel Adesanya. And Israel Adesanya is arguably one of the greatest pound-for-pound fighters In in the world right now, and I don't know if he's even quite like reached his what they would consider his prime just yet. But he's the champ at 185. He beat the brakes to win the title uh, against Robert Whitaker, and Robert Whitaker was having a, a comeback fight against Jared Cannonier. All right, so the champ at 185, Israel Adesanya, said, "Hey, Cannonier, if you beat Whitaker, you get your title shot." And Jared Cannonier came in there. He won the first round, and then Robert Whittaker—that's the dude Israel Adesanya took the the title from—and so he's a he's a former champion, so he's back, ready to ready to rumble, get back at it, try to get his belt back, and uh, he he put it on Jerry Cannonier in the second and the third. Why it wasn't a five round fight, I don't know. Whittaker had now nah, you know what the third round, I think Whittaker won. But it was a very competitive third round, so it would be very, very interesting to see what would happen if those two were to be able to go into championship rounds. It would have been a, it could have been an interesting turn. And after, you know, if Cannoneer, the way he was putting it on, at the end of the third, he could carry that into the fourth. And then we could be looking at going into the fifth. 2-2. Two, two. But you never know. Anyways, that's, that That's that was the co-main event. And then the main event, Justin Gaethje coming in as an interim champ against Khabib Nurmagomedov. His dad was his head coach. Khabib was. And uh, he recently passed away. Khabib's been out for something it's been a while. Over a, over a year. For sure over a year. Hasn't fought in a very long time. But 28-0 just comes in and does what Khabib did to 28 men previously just in mixed martial arts he's you know one of the most world renowned combat sambo uh grap- grappling like world champion type like he's just bred differently from from dagestan i guess maybe that's former soviet russia i'm not i'm not exactly tuned up on on my geography anywhere let alone uh former Soviet Union countries. Anyways, Khabib was, uh, he's the truth, man. And he came in there and he did what he did to 28 other men and took Gaethje out. It was the first round It came out and they were, Gaethje, he looked real nervous. He looked real, he wasn't, he wasn't loose. He wasn't himself. He wasn't in it. And uh, they eventually got to a point in the first where they were kind of throwing hands. And Khabib As great as he is, he shoots this long-distance double leg, gets the takedown, gets dominant position. As soon as Khabib is wrapped around Gaethje, Gaethje looks up at the clock. He's like, "Well, fuck, because he knew he wasn't getting back up. So he's like, how long do I got to wrestle this dude? And it wasn't long before Khabib got in a real dominant position, would have had an arm bar, no problem. Uh, if he if he would have had a little bit more time, and then uh, bell rings, uh, come out for the second round. Now Gaethje's tuned up. Now he's into it. Gaethje's ready to fight at this point. Like he's like, okay, and, you know, he felt that power, uh, so they got to in like a little bit of hands. Khabib really didn't want it, and I think he was. It wasn't that he didn't want it. He just wanted to get in and out of there. I think Khabib, he's he's arguably the greatest pound for pound fighter of all time fought hall of famers legit legit contenders and the most the deepest division in uh in in mixed martial arts around the world you know and definitely in the UFC it's just deep it's a lot of a lot of guys that size and a lot of athletes that size it's just a lot of wrestlers are that size a lot of martial artists that's uh, it's just it's it's a common Average size for, for people, and, and there's some just great people who fought in that division, and none greater than Khabib. I mean, 29-0, comes in there in the second round and stops Justin Gaethje, just shoots, uh, shoots off from long distance, a single leg, gets him down, uh, works his way to to full mount, And just real quick, just putting, just going where exactly where he wanted to go. There was like almost no defense of it, and gets on top of him. Looked like he was rolled for an armbar because he knew he had the armbar at the end of the first, but he got the the bell stopped it, and he that Gaethje pulled a certain way, and he just flipped it into a triangle, locked it in, tight, 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 and Gaethje tapped. He tapped three different times, like he tapped, and then he tapped and then he tapped as he was passing out uh kind of i don't i don't know what was up with that dog shit reffing that dude should be i, I don't know the ref's name I, I i recognize his face i mean he's there's only so many UFC referees in the mix and i don't know i think that's that's terrible i think dude needs to be held accountable like like what are you like what what are you looking at he's is very clear i was like yo he just tapped yo he just tapped i was like oh and he tapped like the third time as he passed out and he stopped and he pulled him off like right right away it was really really strange really strange I don't know how a referee misses that and okay okay pause pause I'm over here talking about the UFC and how much I love the UFC and I just move on from talking about these fights and didn't mention like one of the most emotional moments in UFC history taking place in the center of the octagon so after after Khabib chokes out Justin Gaethje excuse me I just uh I just I was I was wrapped up and realized that I'd talk about this I had some peanuts and shit but this is this is particular to the story uh, I feel a little bit uh so but Khabib chokes out Justin Gaethje Goes to the center of the octagon and just kind of just breaks down balling. It's just real. It's his first fight uh, without his dad as his head coach in his corner. And that was like a a big deal. So I was like, yeah, that makes sense. First fight back without his dad. Doesn't know how he's going to do. Like the the nerves, like what, what is it there? Is it business as usual? What's going on? And then the realization hits after he wins. Just breaks down like no dad. And then he... He says he's retiring, announces his retirement in his post-fight interview. Threw his gloves in the center of the octagon as, as all the great, uh, the great ones have done. And you know, said, my mom said, no, I promised my mom I, 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 that she didn't want, she, my mom said she didn't want me to fight. I said, I gotta go handle this work. And whether that was contractual or because Gaethje was an interim champ, you know, I, you know, I, I don't know necessarily what he meant by that. And he said, I gotta go handle this work, Ma. Uh, 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 baby, baby boy be back and he does that retire said my mom didn't want me to fight without papa and then he started just kind of just giving all all praises to to Allah so so that's it, it was just it was chilling I moved I was kind of laid back in the chair and I just got up on the edge of my seat and I was just like damn is he about to and then it all happened like in slow motion and it just kept the chill the waves of chills kept coming it was just a real iconic moment in UFC history now uh Back to the basement. I don't know it's just like most other professional sports like the referees just have no accountability they just kind of in there whatever and uh, dudes get hurt the worst the biggest atrocity I ever saw and I'm about to get be done be done talking about the UFC in a minute. The biggest one I saw was Stipe and there's been a few so well most recently Pietro Jan uh beating uh Jose Aldo's the his head in that one that one was bad very that was that was very recently within the last couple of months uh but a few years ago Stepe Miochik, those guys are those guys I just talked about those they are little guys uh n- nonetheless I mean I don't want to get hit by them and, and it was just it was a beating was, uh, it, and the other one the, the one I think is the, the biggest they're heavyweights Stepe Stepe Miochik, the heavyweight champ uh, greatest heavyweight champ of all time, Cleveland's finest, Cleveland's own firefighter, uh, true hero uh, out there saving people uh, in Cleveland. That's his, his his nine to five. That's his, his real gig. Heavyweight champ on the side, uh, but what he did to Mark Hunt and can, it was Mark Hunt's from Australia. Conveniently, that fight was was in Australia. But yeah, that's what I did on uh, on Saturday yeah just had a, had a great time with Jeff and Seth it was you know the fight's ended we sat there shot the shit for for a little bit longer uh, Jeff took off and, and me and Seth we just we just kicked it we were just 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 fucking off having some beers just talking shit having a good old time and then i got uh, we playing with the, playing with the gun i got a new i got a new glock the other day i got i put i went into the gun store 2 3 weeks ago I says to the man, hey yo, I want to order this specific kind of Glock at the at the veteran discount rate. Anybody, disclaimer, if you're interested in firearms, Glock is not a bad option. And if you are law enforcement, military, active duty, guard, or reserve, first responders you are eligible for a blue-label Glock. This extends to veterans. It used to always extend to veterans. In recent years, it extends to veterans between Memorial Day and Veterans Day, which is now, current day, that we are speaking. So I go into the gun store, Diamondback Diamondback, uh, Shooting Sports, I think. It used to be Diamondback Police Supply. And I bought a lot of firearms. I sold firearms through Diamondback Police Supply. I leave Tucson for a few years and come back. They move locations, and are now Diamondback Shooting Sports. Same store, same old gun store. I like it. Like a uh, lot of lot of lot of cool, just cool dudes working in there. Just very very knowledgeable about firearms and weaponry, and maybe. No more than a lot of other gun stores, especially around Arizona. A lot of good gun stores. But I've always liked the vibe that I've got from, from all those guys in there. But I went in there a couple of few weeks ago, two, three weeks ago. I says, uh, I want to order this blue label Glock. I'm a veteran. Put it on it. The guy looked at me. He's like, well, it could be like they're, they're projecting like six months. I'm like, cool. I, I, I want this then as well. I want it now. Until the time I get it. So you let me know when that comes in. Put in the system. And he does that. And I get, a, I get an email and a text message just the other day, two days ago. On It was, it was Friday. Yeah, it was Friday. Say, your, your Glock is in. I said, shit, six months, my ass. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. Yeah, that's the same thing. It's the exact same thing that happened last time. I went in. This is 2009. Go in. This is my first Glock. I wanted a Glock 31, full size Glock, 357 Sig. Walk into, walk into Diamondback Police Supply. Said, the, you know, just talking about Glocks. He goes, and he told me about the Blue Label program. So I was military. I said, no shit. He's like, yeah. Well, then I want to order a Glock. 31. I did a little research and I said, can you make a note in the system to make it olive drab? And he's like, I've never seen that happen, but yeah, I can write it on there. Dude did. I get a call two, three weeks later. Your Glock 31 is in. Oh, cool. It was a call in 2009. I said, cool. Is it what color is it? It says green." I said, "No shit. I'm on my way." So I pick up, roll the diamondback police supply, grab my first blue label glock. That particular glock has, has been nearby through a lot of things, a lot of different things. I've recently replaced re- how recently, recently enough, replaced with the, with the Sig, but I'm not going to break down. I'm not gonna break down the SIG situation right now. But that Glock 31, I shot myself with it. Uh, just a graze, just a flesh wound. Nothing, nothing anybody gotta be worried about or concerned with. Uh, I thought for sure I was gonna go to prison that night. Yo, all right, check, check my dumbass out. I go, I go to Mississippi for eight months in 2014. That's where I met Cody Rodriguez, who you've heard so much about. And I got to actually kick it with his parents on Thursday at VetCheck. VetCheck was it was a good time. It was the Rodriguez's, uh, myself and and Sean. Sean made it out too. So I ain't seen him in a minute. And then a couple of the other these other fools, ah, just just hurting my soul. Just not coming through to vet check. But I was in Mississippi and I had I was down there for a certain amount of time to where the military said my great uncle Sam said you got to move down there I'm not going to pay you uh, the the incentives for uh, it's called TDY temporary duty you get you know a, a daily allotment and they pay for your lodging it's just worked into the cost, and and my uncle Sam said, "Now nah, you're going to be there long enough. You got to get an apartment." Six. I was there for eight months. So if you're going anywhere longer than six months. You got to go through the rigmarole of moving. So I moved from Minnesota to Mississippi, and I did move. I did all the the proper military protocol for a move. You got to weigh your vehicle empty, you weigh your vehicle full. You got to uh, you know turn in your miles, track all your gas tickets. It's uh, if you get a hotel room, is it is it approved or is it not? Does that come out of your per diem? And you just I don't know. It's all it's all it's all a big mess when you get into to military. Uh, it's called permanent change of station. Yeah. I literally, I moved from Minnesota to Mississippi. And in that time I was in my one bedroom loft apartment. So the downstairs was the kitchen and what would be living room. I bought two plates. Did I buy two plates? I think I bought two plates, two bowls, two glasses, two forks, two spoons, Two butter knives, and then I had I had a big combat knife that came with me, you know, to cut steak and shit like that. So that's, and I mean, I got, and I probably used a pocket knife too, uh, while I was down there. So that was my living situation. So I had, that was the downstairs, and then you go upstairs, and it's uh, a carpeted loft, just an open loft that you could kind of just look down at the, the front of that little kitchen living room area, and I had an air mattress in there. I had a TV, dinner tray with my laptop on it, and I had a little folding chair that the homie Moose gave me, okay? That's it, that's all I had, that's all I had, and then the bathroom was upstairs, too. So I was just laying on the floor one night, head on an air mattress, watching Archer. In fact, I remember, the cartoon Archer, watching it on my laptop, and I was just playing with my Glock, just playing with my Glock, unloading it, loading it, taking the magazine out, putting the magazine in, loading it, unloading it, throwing the magazine away, playing with my trigger and stuff, and loading it, unloading it. As I do and have done so many times, don't get comfortable with explosives. You can't ever trust explosives. All right, so I end up dozing off because I'm just laying there, watching Archer head on an air mattress, body on the floor. My head kind of rolls to the side of the air mattress, and I, but I'm like, in that kind of sleep sleep, just I was just dozing, and pop, I just hear the fucking bang as I dozed off, I, I, you know, I flinched, twitched, just as I was kind of falling asleep on an air, head, head on an air mattress, air shifted, I flinched, squeezed the trigger on a loaded pistol. I lived in a triplex apartment. I was the middle, I shot through my wall, which is a triplex, I was in the middle. So it went through the neighbor's wall and then up and into like their ceiling. So that was kind of the way I was leaned and in that process as well, grazed my left hand, shot myself in the left hand, just, just a flesh wound. Every, every, everybody's all right. Um, I freak out, I, I jump up, I unload, unload the pistol, I, I'm going to jail, I'm going to fucking jail tonight, holy fuck, I go kind of bang on my neighbor's door, because there was a, a, a couple that lived next door, seen them, seen them a few times, one bedroom, loft apartment, seen them living, living life, nobody answers, I just killed my fucking neighbor, I'm going to prison, my life is forever changed. I'm 28, might be 29, 29 years old. Fuck, I was 29 because I stopped talking to my dad right before I turned 29, and I did not talk to my dad about this, and I, I would, I would have. <laughs> oh fuck, I called, I called Big T, and I called my cousin Quinn, <laughs> two people I trusted. I was like, I'm going to fucking prison. I uh, fuck, dude, like I'm going to fucking prison. So I just waited it. Waited it out and go next door the next day, the next morning, knock on the door, just peek my head up. We had, we had a glass, glass on the front doors up like six and a half feet. So I just got up my tippy toes, looked through there. <clears throat> Empty apartment. They moved out. They moved out. I'm the luckiest man alive. I'm the luckiest man alive, and they they still let me have guns to this day. But that's, that, was, that was scary, and I've been since then much safer with guns. And I I mean, have a track record of being safe with firearms. And it's I just dozed off, so I just got so comfortable. And actually, no, this is way way more common with firearm owners that I've said I'm not the only person I know it. I know people who've done it more than once multiple times and for and for whatever the reason it's it's not it's not great I mean I mean I thought I killed my fucking neighbor I was I was going to prison for sure in Mississippi for uh, that so since then it's been been different but yeah I'm still still a firearm enthusiast Advocate, be safe kids, but I would until until real recently somebody would, would ask me what, what was your your pick one of choice and I'll just the the easy answer I' take the easy answer Glock 19 okay Glock 19 that's that's my recommendation to you and okay, and then Glock comes out with this Glock. 19x and I'm not going to go into various reasons why I just I'm just I'm getting to I'm, get, I'm getting I'm getting to me god damn it <laughs> Glock 19 that that's broad to broad stroke it if I if I know you and uh, just your stature how, how you move how you operate we can make different considerations from there and that that's not even like Glock 19 is not my necessarily might go to war, one. But to, like, to start with, what I think most people are going to be extremely comfortable with and to be able to get efficient with, just a plain old Glock 19. Maybe upgrade the sights. If you got a few bucks, do something with the trigger. Uh, but you buy a Glock, you buy a trigger job. That's that's what it is, even if you want to do the the poor man's one for a quarter. Uh, you can do that. But in two thousand. I'm going to fuck up the years. A few years back, the United States Armed Services were swapping from the Beretta 92, which if you've seen it, you'd know it. If you've seen movies and kind of recognize the different guns in movies, if you're not into it at all, if you're not into fighting or firearms, this is just the worst fucking podcast for you ever. Like you probably thought I was going to come in, come in hot with some other shit, but but definitely definitely on some bullshit. So Glock has the 19X that comes out for the military trials as they were updating. They're, they're doing away with the Beretta 92, and something's got to replace it. So Sig end up winning that and a whole other series of events and a whole different storyline. But the Glock the Glock supposedly was the runner-up, and a lot of people liked it the way that people did it. And I was like, at first, I was like, fuck you. I'm, I, I ain't about that life. And then... I handled one. My my sister's baby daddy. has got the Glock 19x. I said, "Oh shit!" And I had been talking to random vet shot out Eddie Stoka about this years ago when 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 all this was going on, like in, in the office at work. And he told me about, it. and I was like, Psh, "Fuck you, Eddie! You, you you out of my face!" No Glock 19. Just that 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 sounds stupid. Just the concept of the 19x, which. Uh, not even gonna go into. Uh, if you if you want to know, do do some YouTube research. I, I, I ain't the one to to get into it right here, right now. Uh, but the nineteen X, I, I don't know. Didn't care for the color. And then Glock ran the nineteen X again in black with a, like a couple less features, if you want to call them that. Like the, uh, there's, it's the same gun just in black. And I loved the way my brother, my my uh, my sister's baby daddy's felt in my hand. So now I say Glock forty-five. I, I guess long way about that. So I just got the Glock forty-five, and after uh, me and the boys turned the fights off, we uh, we got real safe with some pistols and just just started kind of talking guns, playing with guns, and, and and having a good old time. You know what, y'all? I uh, I just. I'm gonna get up out of here, but I, I just want to say th- just thank you for the continued support uh, just pu- pushing me to, to thrive and, and and put out content and and, and be in my therapy sessions and, and kick it in Bella's booth and just just talk about things, just just put my perspective out there and if you agree or if you disagree, you know let me know, let's talk about it let's let's everybody. Let's everybody kick it. Have a good time. I want everybody to feel good. I want everybody to get out there, eat some green shit. Okay? Eat some eat some fresh meats. Okay? Let's get out. Let's get out. Let's get let's go to the get to the produce aisle and get out of the, get out of the boxes and bagged food as much as you can. Okay? Let's, you know, a lot of people maybe are getting back going depending on what state you're at. Arizona's Arizona Tucson seems to be going I don't know I got a different perspective. You know I'm I'm an essential worker for whatever reason realtors are essential workers. So I've been out there and I saw I saw the city who just rocket was getting most places in 15, 17, 18 minutes when usually it's playing for 30 in Tucson. Playing for 30 it might be 40. If it's 45 plus yeah, I don't know. I don't know why you're going to such extensive lengths other than to go to Cracker Barrel. There's because there's only one. There's only one in town and if you live on the east side, you get ready to drive, you know, is and is it worth that drive? Can you hold your shit that hour till you get back to the crib? I don't know. I don't even know. But <laughs> everybody eat some green shit, man. And think about let's 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 take it back. Let's let's go back. Let's go back to uh Let's go back to the core. Let's go back before we get up out of here. All right, what are what are you doing? What are you doing life for? Okay, what are you standing upon? What are some of your core values? Do you have core values? Have you thought about that? All right, I try to only only do. You know, hold on. But speaking of core values, the United States Air Force core values: integrity first, service before self, excellence in all we do. All right, I did a video. It might be floating out there somewhere, 210EIS.com, maybe. That, that, that may be a, a defunct website at this point. In fact, I bet, I bet it is. I bet it doesn't exist anymore. Uh, it, it, this could be, could be on YouTube somewhere. I know there's, there's snippets of stuff floating somewhere around on Instagram. But I did a video about service before self, and it was just a squadron in-house thing, Not, no, no big Air Force, anything like that. But just talking about service before self. Honestly, I didn't want to do it at the time, but I did it just for putting service before self, just doing it for the cause. What, what irony! Like, I, and I and I told the dude I didn't want to do it. I was like, dude, I don't want to do service before self, dude. Let me do integrity first or excellence. I'll do either of the other two. I was just like, I legit don't want to do service before self. Deep down, you kind of, I have kind of always had an issue with service before self, and at that moment in my career, I was I was on my way. I was already hard thinking about and putting it out in the in the ether that I'm ready. I'm, I'm like the Air Force is impeding me from using my voice and doing the things I actually want to do. So that, that was already out there. So I didn't want to do the video, but I couldn't give service before self. Okay. So you only, I only got three three core values the Air Force, Air Force kind of leans on. Got a little blue book about it. Air Force has a little brown book. Uh, aFI thirty six twenty six eighteen the enlisted force structure what your position what your rank means what your jo- what you're supposed to be doing for your job it's a very well written um, Air Force instruction manual uh, it's, a, it's called an Air Force instruction but it is a manual and then there's the little blue book i don 't know the numbers on the little blue book but that's that's the breakdown of the core values and what the core values mean for the air Force and service before self was was something I was no longer Willing to do. So when you, when you just think about core values, forming core values, what core values are, are that, that other people have that don't align with you or that certain institutions may have that do or do not align with you and start forming your own kind of just, just set of values. I think that's a good maybe your conscious, conscious, conscience, conscience is, uh, you know not guiding you properly and you need to help your conscience to guide you a little bit better and start by consciously selecting some, a set of core values. And I've, I've landed on, at least most recently, for the last several years, I only do things that move the needle in my family, my wellness, my finances, and causes that I care about. And that's nothing I haven't ever said here before. But as we think about just resetting, just taking those, those deep diaphragm breaths, getting your breath work, getting your mind clear, really, you know, going Rafiki on them. Remember who you are. Sometimes you gotta smack the lion around. Sometimes the baboon gotta smack the lion around, make him, Make them think. Make them think about some stuff. All right, so on that, I am going to uh, get up out of here. So, everybody, everybody be cool. Check on a vet. And hug your loved ones. Choo! Shit, maybe I should mix a new beat. Straight at Granddad's basement.